Hello, this is Pastor Corey Ehrman. You're listening to my podcast. I hope it blesses, encourages, and inspires you. I pray that the Holy Spirit will touch you through this teaching. Thank you for tuning in, and God bless. Go with me to Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24. Something very powerful happened to me this week. It was on Tuesday. Uh, I got hit. It hit me like literally like a sledgehammer. And I kept hearing in my spirit. As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. And it just kept going over and over in my spirit. I mean, telling you, it was literally like an explosion in my spirit. And it just kept going over and over and over in my spirit. Really, I've been carrying this now for, what, five days? And um, I want to share about this. So if you would go with me to Matthew chapter 24, we're going to read from verse 36. Now, of course, Matthew 24 is what's referred to as the Olivet Discourse. That's when... Jesus begins to talk about the signs of the end of the age. Again, it's not the end of the world, but it's the end of the age. So it is the end of a time period, a determined time period that is coming to an end. And it really is the age of grace. It's the age of the church, the age of the Holy Spirit that we are in. And the six days given to man are about to run out. Six days is like 6,000 years because one day is like 1,000 years to the Lord and 1,000 years is like one day. So the six days given to Adam, man, is running out. And since Adam has given the dominion that he was entrusted with and turned it over to Satan, he became the God of this world, the God of this world system. So he has been the ruler of these six days that have been given to man because God gave man the authority and the dominion which is delegated, and then he turned it over to Lucifer. So he has usurped and stolen as the thief this authority, this dominion, and he's been ruling and reigning through the world system and through the structures and the principalities and powers that he's set up. We know that our battle is not against flesh and blood. Even though we see flesh and blood, we are actually de dealing with demonic entities and satanic structures and Luciferian agendas behind the scenes. And that's nothing new. It's been happening and so even with this uh, pandemic, it's been happening, you know. So it's, you know, you have to see what's behind everything. And you have to see the agendas that are being pushed. And you can see now a major attack on the church. Major attack on the church. And so I want us to begin to look at some things. So verse 36. So in the Olivet Discourse, he goes into a section when he begins to talk about Noah. And he says, but of that day and hour, no one knows, because they asked him, when will be your coming? And Jesus said, well, I'm not going to give you a date, but I'm going to give you signs. And those signs are significant because only those that have eyes to see and ears to hear will recognize them. And Jesus also rebuked the people of his time for not understanding the times and the seasons. You know, he came unto his own and his own received them not because they, they, were, they were blind, they were deaf, they couldn't see, they didn't understand. But then there were people that were ready. There were people that were looking for his first coming. Amen. And they were able to see and they were able to understand. And there's also a second coming. And there will once again be people that are ready, that are expectant, that are looking for his second coming. And there will be people that will be completely oblivious to what's going on. And the saddest thing is when so-called Christians and a part of the church is oblivious. That's a problem. Amen. So let's go now to verse 36, but of that day and hour, no one knows. So no one can give you an exact date. 
an hour, and I certainly will not. And people have tried over the years, and all they've ended up doing was basically forming cults. And he says, not even the angels of heaven. So don't expect any angel to give you a date either, because they don't know. But my father only. And Jesus said, you know, I go to my father. I go to prepare a place for you. I will come back, and I will receive you unto myself. And so when the time comes, the father will say to the son, the bridegroom, go and bring the bride home. Amen. The homecoming of the bride. Amen. And then the wedding supper of the lamb and the great celebration that will take place in heaven. We're looking forward to that. Amen. So, but then one of the signs he mentions, but as the days of Noah were, so also will be the coming of the son of man. As the days of Noah were, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Amen. So then now there is a parallel drawn to the last days. To the last days, the last times, the end times, drawing near to the end of the age. There's a parallel drawn to the days of Noah, which was a long time ago. But we need to understand what it was like in the days of Noah. Says, then he says, for as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and did not know until the flood came and took or swept them away. So also will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two men will be in the field. One will be taken and the other left. So now he's talking about the rapture. He's talking about the catching away. Amen. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and the other left. Watch therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, you also be ready. Turn to your neighbor say, get ready. And stay ready. Amen. Why? For the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect, and it'll come very suddenly, just like this thing just came so suddenly. I mean, it escalated pretty quickly. Within a few days, like, whoa, what's going on? And, and people are like, wow, this is real. Okay, so we can see now how this thing has been shaking, shaking out. But as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. And of course, he's referring to the coming, not the second coming, but it's coming to rapture the church because we can see a distinct separation. There's two and one is taken and one is left. And then if you continue to read on, and, and I'll get into some of that, but if you, especially if you go to uh, chapter 25, he goes into three parables that basically that talk about, again, the end times and talks about the church. And especially you have the parable of the ten virgins, the five that are wise and the five that are foolish. Five were ready, amen, and then there's another door opened, and they go through the door, and then the five that were not ready were foolish. They finally eventually somehow get to the door, but it's closed. It's too late. And it's the same way in the days of Noah. As it was in the days of Noah, so will it be in the coming of the Son of Man. How was it in the days of Noah? Let's look back to the days of Noah. The days of Noah was 120 years. It wasn't like a short period of time. Noah was a righteous man, and he found favor with God, and God gave him a very powerful, very unique assignment to build an ark, basically a ship. And it took him 120 years to build the thing. And then for 120 years, he had to preach repentance. 
His message was, repent for God, the, the day of judgment is at hand. It's coming, it's coming, it's coming. Now, he also did not know the exact day or the hour, but as he was building the ark, you know, he first started, you know, you, you put the skeleton together. You're in the beginning stages. You know it's not coming because you're not ready because he's got to be ready because the righteous have to be ready. But eventually, you know, it's almost like after all that time, he finally had to put the proverbial last nail in the ship, you know, and completed the work. Now, you know, wow, this thing is ready. Okay, it's definitely a lot closer. And he's preaching, he's preaching, repent, and, but it was falling on deaf ears. People were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage. Even though they had plenty of warning, somehow they were still not prepared. They were not ready. And it was business as usual. That was the order of the day. Business as usual in the world. For them, it was business as usual. But ultimately, even 120 years before the flood, Bible says God was sorry that he even created man. And that word in the Hebrew is like he was so grieved in his spirit because of the wickedness, the bloodshed, the evil, the witchcraft, the worshiping of idols, and not only that, literally they were ruled by demons. Demonic entities were now ruling mankind because the sons of God, fallen angels had come together with the daughters of man and had produced this hybrid race called the Nephilim, and then they were actually ruling. And so mankind and it was literally corrupted. There was such a corruption. And for them, it was business as usual. They're eating, drinking, no big deal. But, it's, but from God's perspective, wickedness and evil was abounding so much that he had to put an end to it. And then he said there would be a flood coming. Of course, there had never been a flood, so nobody would believe it. There had never been rain on the earth. And so even as Noah's warning, there's a flood coming. What's a flood? Well, it's a flood. The flood's coming. And, and, and people are going to be swept up in it. Well, we don't believe that because we've never seen anything like that before. It's never happened, so it's not going to happen. And that's, that was the attitude of the day. Business as usual. And it kept stirring in my spirit. You know, eventually, obviously, eventually, a lot of churches we know are closed. But eventually, somehow, someday they are going to begin to open. But will it be business as usual in the church? Will it be business? Will it be going back to how it was? Have we, are we going to receive the warning? Because I don't know how much of a clear warning, a slap in the face, a kick in the butt we can receive from what's going on right now in the world that we are drawing further and further and further nearer to the end of the age and time is running out. There's no time to waste. There's no time to play games. And the Bible says the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but it is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And we need to see preachers of righteousness that will be raised up. And as I think I read this, and I'm going to go back and read this prophecy from David Wilkerson. Let me find it again. How many of you, uh, this is from 1986. There was a prophecy by David Wilkerson. He's gone home to be with the Lord. He was... Uh, he was a small-town West Virginia boy that was sent to New York City, preaching to the gangs, gangs and everything. And then, uh, you know, a revival broke out, and then God used him to establish Times Square Church. And he was actually one of two men that was ordained as prophets in the Assemblies of God, one, the other one being Kenneth Hagin. But look at this 1986 
prophecy. He says, I see a plague coming on the world and the bars, churches, and government will shut down. The plague will hit New York City and shake it. And we know that's been the most affected area of the, of the United States. The plague will hit New York City and shake it like it has never been shaken. The plague is going to force prayerless believers into radical prayer and into their Bibles. And repentance will be the cry from the man of God in the pulpit. And out of it will come a third great awakening that will sweep America and the world. Hallelujah. This is what I'm believing. This is what we've been prophesying. This is what we've been speaking. That there is a third great awakening coming. And the Lord said, when we were in Turkey, the Lord said, go to America because there's coming a, a, a great awakening. And from, from the looks of it in the natural, it seemed like, Lord, you got to do something. I mean, there has to. And we've been telling, we've been speaking, there's a shaking coming. There's a shaking coming. Amen. So here's the thing, guys. You know, will it be business as usual? Will, it, will the churches that have been lukewarm and tolerant of sin and preaching, lukewarm, self-help, seeker-friendly messages, will they go back to the same thing? Or will actually, will there be a cry of repentance and holiness and purity and consecration to the things of God coming from the pulpits of America. Because this is the only hope. This is the only thing that's going to change. Amen. And it was stirring in my spirit so strongly because we have to get ready for what's coming. Because now there's a time of testing. There's a time of testing right now in the church. The church is being tested and the church is being sifted and the church is being separated. And there will be a clearly distinct separation in the church there will be no more in between you're either going to be hot or you're going to be cold there's not going to be any in between anymore the, the line has been drawn in the sand and it is now the separation of the five wise and the five foolish and it is now a separation of the bride and the harlot church which is the church that is in bed with the world the worldly carnal church that has been able to get by so far but from this day forward they will not be able to get by it will not be business as usual business as usual is not going to get the job done business as usual is going to cause people to actually fall into the strong delusion of the end times and people will be swept up in the flood of what's coming and they will not be ready but it is time for the church to be ready it is time for the church to be prepared because Jesus is separating the sheep from the goats and the wheat and from the tares amen guys hallelujah so we have to come to that place we have to come to that place of making a clear commitment to what side we're going to be there's not going to be any more playing and staying on the fence. You're either going to be on one side or the other side. Who then is a faithful and wise servant, 45, whom his master made ruler of his household to give them food in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his master, when he comes, will find so doing. Assuredly, I say to you that he will make him ruler over all his goods. But if that evil servant says in his heart, see, these are both servants, two servants. My master is delaying his coming and begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and drink with the drunkards. The master of that servant will come on a day when he's not looking for him and at an hour that he is not aware of and will cut him in two and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I did not say these things Jesus did. And Noah preached for 120 years 
He held steady, amen, and eventually when the ark was completed and the animals begin to go into the ark, that was another sign to the people, hey, something is going on. It's amazing that the animals had more sense than the people. It's amazing that the animals had more revelation than people. Their survival instinct brought them to the ark. But people were eating and drinking, business as usual, entertaining, and being entertained. The church is not a place of entertainment. We don't come to church to be entertained. We come to church to be equipped. And if we're not equipping people, we're not preparing them for the final days. Because there is a flood coming. Not the flood like the flood of Noah because the Lord said, I will never destroy mankind with another flood. But the next one that's coming will be like a flood. It will come suddenly like a tsunami. And there will be a judgment by fire. So I want you to see now the ark. Okay. So finally, Noah and his family goes in the ark. Only eight. Only eight people. For 120 years of preaching, only eight people. I pray that that is not the case now in the final days. But most likely it will be 50% of the church will not be ready. 50% of people who call themselves Christians will not be ready. Unfortunately, we have to go by the words of Jesus because he's not going to lie. And he said time and time again, there will be two. One will be taken, one will be left. The ten virgins, five are wise, five are foolish. Do you understand me? And so, finally, Noah and his family go in, and the Bible says, the hand of the Lord shut the door of the ark. And the time of grace was over. Time of grace is not forever. There will come a time to the end of the age of grace. Thank God that he is not willing that anyone should perish. He's patiently waiting that all should come to repentance. But there will come a time when he will say, that's it. And then the, the door will be closed. And then the flood came. And then the flood came. And it rained for 40 days. 40 is the number of testing in the Bible. That's why Jesus was in the wilderness for 40 days. Moses was up in the mountain for 40 days while the people down at the bottom of the mountain were being tested. And they failed the test because they made for themselves a golden calf to worship. So 40 is the number of testing. Amen. And so as the door of the ark was shut, it was over. But even in that last split second, if there had been somebody there, they could have run in to the ark and they would have been safe. They would have been safe. Even in the last second, just like the thief. At the, right hand of, right, at the right hand of Jesus on the cross saying, remember me, you'll be with me. I mean, how quick of a salvation is that? There's no altar call, no lengthy prayer. The guy just realized, I got to get saved. Remember me. I'm running out of time here. I don't have a time for a long prayer. Remember me, Lord. You'll be with me in paradise today. And the other one had the same opportunity, but he cursed him. Once again, there's always that picture, one on the right, one on the left. The sheep will be on the right. The sheep that say, amen. We have any sheep in the house today? Have all the sheep say, amen. 
And the goats on the left, the stubborn, the prideful, those who will not submit, the ones always saying, I know what the word says, but. The goats, but. Sheep follow. The goats, but and kick. But the sheep follow. So that's where we're headed. And here's the warning. Because I'm going to tell you right now, what's happening is the world is attacking the church. The world is criticizing the church. The world is mocking the church. Mocking the church. Mocking the church. But the saddest thing is watching so-called Christians joining the church. I mean, joining the world. I'm sorry. Joining the world in mocking the church. And this is the spirit of the world. And many are being sucked into the spirit of the world. And I'm telling you right now, as the separation between the harlot church, which is the church that's in bed with the world, the, the church that is spotted and blemished and filthy and dirty and defiled because, of, because they, have been, they have fallen and they have, they have succumbed to the spirit of the world, is going to be attacking, kicking and headbutting the sheep, the bride, because the bride is the church that keeps herself without spot or blemish, pure in white garments, consecrated, ready, waiting, waiting for the bridegroom, for the bridegroom cometh. And that day is coming. And the clarion call has gone out. The trumpet has been, is sounding. The bridegroom cometh. The bridegroom cometh. They all heard it. But five were ready, five were not. They were working in the same field. Two, one was taken, one was left. Positionally speaking, they looked like they were in the right place. But God doesn't look on the outside. He looks on the heart. You've got to get your heart ready. You've got to get your heart ready for what's coming. And be very careful not to be pulled into what the world is doing. Because the world is going to, we expect the world to attack the church. We expect the world to mock the church. Right? We expect the world to criticize the church. But the division is when believers who should know better get pulled into this ploy of the enemy and start biting and kicking and headbutting and attacking their own brothers. But Jesus said, unfortunately, sadly, that's the sign of the end times. Brother will turn on brother. So what we need to be watchful of is to be ready, is to be prepared, because there is now coming a separation. And as it was in the days of Noah, and it was in the days before the flood, they had ample warning. They had ample warning. And I know the world wants to paint God out to be like some angry, judgmental God. You have no idea. The heart of God is grieved on things that we don't even realize. See, people have been so desensitized. 35 million aborted babies, people are so desensitized. The wickedness that's going on. The wicked pedophile rings, the wicked corruption, bloodshed. See, God sees things and his heart is so grieved. But is our heart grieved as Christians? Or have you been desensitized and we think it's okay? 
And people have been so desensitized now that they think it's okay. It's okay to close down churches. Because the world will always present a reason. And if we, listen, if we are exalted to human reasoning as opposed to revelation, because I tell you right now, what the word, the word that the Lord gave me back in 2009 was for the end times, those who live by revelation and those who live by information. Those who live by information in these final days will not make it. Only those who live by revelation will overcome. And that's what I'm seeing. The separation is really also between revelation, which is being led by the spirit, and information, which is being led by the carnal mind, which is being led by the flesh. So we have to be led by the Spirit of God and the Word of God and revelation. We have to build our lives on the revelation of the Word of God, not on the opinions and principles of the world. It's very dangerous. That is the compromise that has weakened the church here in America. And this shaking was very much needed. But when churches open back up, will it be business as usual? Or will there be? And I pray that it will be the cry of repentance from the pulpits of America. Because those were the preachers and those were the messages that brought the first awakening, the first great awakening in the 1700s. Those were the kind of messages that brought the second great awakening in America. I mean, have you ever read the message, sinners in the hands of an angry God? Huh? Have you ever read that message? That was the message that was preached that led to the first great awakening by Jonathan Edwards. You need to go read that thing. Today, it would be an absolutely radical message. And it would be shut down. It would be absolutely despised. It would be mocked and criticized like you would not believe. But that was the kind of messages that shook America. And people were repenting. I mean... The spirit of repentance was so strong, the preachers would preach, and they didn't even do altar calls back in those days. In the first great awakening, they wouldn't even do altar calls. The altar call came in in the, in the, in the second great awakening. You know, that, the altar call, making actual calling people. So they would preach, and they would just leave, and people would be sitting there. Some of them would be wailing for days. If you read the accounts of what was happening in colonial America, people would be walking around the streets Almost like in a day, he's saying, I'm a sinner. What must I do to be saved? I don't want to go to hell. What must I do to be saved? People would be walking around like this, and they would be crying out for mercy until they truly got born again. You know, I mean, it wasn't like just say this prayer. Okay, you're, you're good now. Or don't even say the prayer. We know you meant it in your heart. Oh, you don't even have to come to the altar. Just stay in your seat. Just whisper it to yourself. We know God knows. We have made everything. We have watered everything down so much. And the watered-down messages have produced watered-down believers who are not ready, who have not been ready. And I've been saying for years, people are not ready for what's coming. But we have to get ready. So this is a trumpet sound. This is a clarion call. This is a sign. Amen. That we have to get ready. Time is short. This too shall pass. But they're trying to get us used to a new norm. Our norm has not changed. We are the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ has endured for 2,000 years. Hell on earth. And has gotten through every kind of 
unimaginable pandemics, the black plague, wars, and has stood strong in the midst of the worst kind of persecution where the early church was thrown to lions, early church was burnt at the stake, early church was thrown to gladiators and butchered in arenas while people cheered. And I tell you right now, the world will be cheering the persecution of the end time church. And unfortunately, many will join them in cheering who call themselves Christians. At some point, we have to draw a line and understand on which side we're going to be. And this has been stirring in my spirit. Thank you for listening to me. I had to share this. And, um, you know, we don't hold anything back here. And I speak these things in love, and I can tell you right now, love tells the truth. And in the name of love, we have held back truth, and we have tolerated much compromise in the church. And those days are over. It cannot be business as usual again. It cannot be going back to eating and drinking. That's not the kingdom of God. It has to go back to righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. But that is the kingdom of God. Can you say amen? Thank you for tuning into my podcast. I hope that you have been blessed. I would like for you to consider two things. Number one, subscribe to our show to receive notifications of our new podcasts. Number two, support our ministry of reaching the nations with revival by clicking on the link in the description or visiting our website, riverwpb.com. Thank you for tuning in. Look forward to you joining our next podcast. God bless you.